Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky what an exciting show we have for you today and what an exciting day we have for you as college soccer in high gear and today from Koskinen Stadium and Durham. I'll have the call for two games. The nightcap is the Duke Blue Devils led by Robbie Church taking on the 3-0 UCLA Bruins and their new head coach, Marguerite Awazasa, who, by the way, is a former 30 Under 30 member. She's already 3-0, as I said, to start the season, and she is fantastic. Also part of the API coaching community for United Soccer Coaches. She is amazing. Again, they play Duke tonight, 7.30 on ACC Network Extra. The game before them will be the Duke men led by John Kerr Jr. taking on the Big Ten's Michigan Wolverines Shaka Daly, one of just a handful of black head coaches at the D1 level. Shaka Daly, the Michigan head coach for the men's soccer team, is also on this show. Beginning in September, another great initiative led by United Soccer Coaches called the Training Ground. Dave Simeon is a key man behind it in tandem with the marketing team of Brandon and Bailey and everybody else that is there. Of course, Jeff Van Dusen looking over it. It's such a cool concept where they've created this content creation consortium, including one on psychology. So to kick it off, we meet Dr. Rachel Linval of the Mindful Project. She partners that program with Aaron McLeod, one of the best goalkeepers ever, the goalkeeper for Canada for oh so long. Dr. Linval is awesome. And we end by meeting yet another member of our United Soccer Coaches staff, a new member, Cassidy Weiss, the Youth Programs Manager. So nice to meet Cassidy. I think you'll enjoy meeting her as well. Marguerite, Shaka, Dr. Linval, and Cassidy. Big time people, big time show. And it starts after this message from a big time sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Kick it off today's show with a former 30 under 30 member that now finds herself as the head coach of the UCLA Bruins and off to an amazing 3-0 start, outscoring the opposition by a score of 8-0. And tonight, Marguerite Awazasa will lead the UCLA Bruins against the Duke Blue Devils, led by Robbie Church, 730 ACC Network Extra. I'll have the call. 
Looking forward to that. And I'm so pleased to have Marguerite Awazasa, the head coach of the UCLA Bruins, kicking off this week's podcast. Welcome, coach. Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, you just got done with seven great years at Stanford. You played at Santa Clara. You just beat your alma mater and you're off and rolling now as a head coach, 3-0. and It's hard to ask for much more than that, coach. Can you put that into perspective? Yeah. I, just like you said, I think my seven years at Stanford were special. I look on back on that time just with so much gratitude, really set me up, I think, for success here as a head coach. And then last weekend playing Santa Clara, it was just the coolest moment. Like Jerry walked across the field before game started. We just kind of locked eyes and we were like, this is awesome. Like who could have written something like this? And so I've been so fortunate to have some great mentors in my life, Jerry, one, Paul, another. And so I feel like a lot of the success I've had so far, or even just the confidence I've had being a head coach, a lot of that is attributed to them. Well, it's interesting because you take center stage on the podcast tonight, one, because you're leading UCLA, two, because you're a 30 under 30 member, probably, I think, based on this job and all those 30 under 30s are amazing, but this might be the most high profile job any 30 under 30 member has ever received. And then also you're a key part of the API coaches community. So, you know, Ashu Saksuena is going to be loving it as well. So, I mean, all of that is reason to celebrate, I think, coach. Yeah. Like I said, I I just feel so fortunate to be where I am. Um, I loved my 30 under 30 experience that now seems a long time ago, but it was really cool just to be paired with a mentor and, and really just the time we spent at the convention together was very special and beneficial. And then obviously being part of the AAPI community, just the support I felt from kind of both those groups has been immense. Well, you're just one of five Asian American women currently serving as a head coach for an NCAA women's soccer team. We're going to grow those numbers, but how's it feel to be at least one of five? I think it's a good starting point, you know, but I think we definitely have work to do. What I'm glad to at least be a part of is I'm a huge believer in the saying, like, if you see it, you can be it. So hopefully there's many young, you know, Asian American women kind of in either the playing world right now currently, or perhaps in the beginnings of their coaching journey that, that look at me and others and think, you know what, like I can really do this. So I'm proud to kind of representing that group right now, but I hope to be one of, one of many going forward. We're here with the head coach of the UCLA women's soccer team that will take on Duke tonight, 730 on ACC network. Actually, that's 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific time for all those Bruins fans out there who I'm sure will be tuning in. Look, we know about the seven years at Stanford. We know you played at Santa Clara, but remind everybody where you grew up and how you found your way to Santa Clara. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm a Bay Area kid. Many don't know this. I was actually born in New Jersey, but we moved to the Bay Area when I was five years old. So I was not born, but definitely raised in the Bay. When I was going through my college search, ironically, location was not a huge factor in that. And yet I ended up 20 minutes from home. But that was really just because I felt a real connection to the program, connection to coaching staff, and could really just see myself at Santa Clara as soon as I stepped on campus. So I grew up in the Bay. I played for MVLA, coached for MVLA also for another 10 years plus after I graduated college. So especially last weekend being home, I just realized how special that area is to me and kind of the community that showed up for UCLA, even at Santa Clara Stadium was really special. You talked about meeting eyes with Jerry Smith, who's got to be revered as one of the all-time greats. I mean, he's still winning national championships just a couple of years removed from winning one and came close again last year. What's the one, one or two things that Coach Smith taught you about being a head coach as you take on this new job? One 
thing that I took away from my playing experience at Santa Clara, but now is applying very heavily to what I do, just being adaptable. Like I think in my time at Santa Clara, we probably played six or seven different systems each season. Like Jerry's a true tactician. And so I try to bring that and bring kind of that flexibility to our game and to our style. But then from a management standpoint, I could always appreciate as a player how direct Jerry is, how honest. It's very clear kind of what the factors are in his decision making. And so when that happens, I think it leaves a lot less room for confusion. That's something that I try to do. I definitely try to lead with transparency. I try to lead with that respect for our players. And even when I met with him you know, prior to our game, that's something that we talked about, just the importance of, of being honest, of being clear, being direct and being transparent. So something that I hope to kind of carry on through my career. Same question, Marguerite, different name, Paul Ratcliffe, the man you worked under for seven years at Stanford. What did you take away from him? Yeah. So again, I'll go kind of same formula here. So soccer wise, I love how Paul teaches the game. I think he has an innate ability to break things down kind of to its finest points, which makes it really easy then for players to understand exactly what he wants. I try to bring again that that simplicity, that clarity on the field with our team, which has definitely been a challenge right now because we have, you know, 35 players trying to learn a brand new system, a brand new style. So being able to really teach it has been huge for us. And then rather than go over the player management route with Paul, I think it's all about staff management. I felt so empowered. I felt so valued every single day that I worked for him. And that's something now that as a manager, really, of our staff that I try to bring, I want to make sure that our staff knows how much I appreciate them, how much of a part they play in our success. Um, And just like whether that's being vocal about that, whether that's just giving them, you know, words of appreciation, whatever it is, just making sure that my staff knows how much I truly value them and truly care about them. Two great answers, following up two great coaches. Walk me through the timing, though. You find out that the UCLA job opens up, and I don't know if they reached out to you, if you reached out to them, but this is a big-time job. Can you walk us through all the nerves and everything that took place to land this amazing job? Yeah, it was a wild time, for sure. So job opened. Obviously this was a time like unheard of in college soccer, USC and UCLA were both open. I was in a position at Stanford where I was so happy. One being from the Bay, having success there, working for Paul, everything. So I never felt that real push to leave, but I did have many people kind of in my corner, just encouraging me to kind of take that leap. And so, like I said, through many people kind of nudging me along, I decided to apply for the job. A few days later, I heard back. And then it was a whirlwind. I think from the time they reached out initially to the time I was on campus was about 30 hours. And then I got married four days later and then went on my honeymoon, got offered the job on our honeymoon and it was just wild. So yeah, probably like the craziest eight to 10 days of my existence so far on this earth, but very well worth it. I say good karma and good things happen to good people. So with that, who was the first person you called outside of being married? Who was the first person you shared the news with? So it was more of not so much when I actually got the job, but when I got the first phone call, that was kind of the initial shock. Obviously, my husband at the time I was living with my sister, so she got a front row view for everything that was happening. But the first person I called was my club coach, actually. And it was like the most bittersweet moment because he was who I played for growing up. He then became my boss at MBLA, Albertine Montoya. So I had worked or played for Albertine for 20 plus years. 
And when I picked up the phone and I'll, all I said was, Albertine, I just had a phone call with the AD at UCLA and it just went silent and mm -hmm. we both started to cry, but not in a bad way, <laughs> Yeah. but just out of joy, out of pride, but also kind of that bittersweet acknowledgement that I might leave. And so it was really special, but it was also really sad. I mean, I, I couldn't be more thankful for him and, and the role he's had in my life. And yeah, that was really the first person that I kind of shared the news with. That is awesome. And so cool that you got married. You got this big time job. Mm -hmm. You're living around Westwood. I used to live around Westwood and I absolutely loved it. I used to work at the Century City Towers for Major League Soccer. And I love that part of the world and used to always run into UCLA and miss it so much. So you are uh, doing great things there. Uh, just a couple more questions, you know, going back to, you know, first I asked you about Jerry and then I asked you about Paul. And one of the things you said about Paul was staff management. So here you go. You're a head coach now. You got to put a staff together. Tell me about your staff and, and how and why you put it together. Yeah. So funny story. Okay. Of <laughs> course. So Molly, one of our assistants, she was actually at my wedding. So she kind of had the front row inside scoop as to what was going on before the big announcement happened or before actually I even got the job. This is when it was just a, a possibility. Um, and she was one of the first people I thought of one, because we're, we're close friends. Um, I think she knows exactly how I operate. I know exactly how she operates. She is super on top of things, keeps everyone on schedule. And she is so thoughtful about our players, about our staff, about our opponents, everything that she does. So she was one that came to mind immediately. And then Goff, he's our other assistant coach. Um, and they're, like I said, both so valuable to me. We had crossed paths many times, either in the camp circuit or on the sideline of various tournaments, or even we've coached against each other. And the thing that always stood out to me was just his passion on the field. And just how much he truly loves the game. We kind of joke that like he loves the game so much that all of our players have to, or otherwise it's going to hurt his feelings. So like he just has that passion. He has a great soccer background. And when I was compiling my staff, it really was all about balance. Um, and then I can't forget our volunteer assistant in terms of our coaching staff, Chelsea Tadella. She, we lovingly say she is like the warmest person you'll ever meet. And so she just is the catch-all, like anything that, either kind of like gets pushed to the bottom of the list or anything like that. She is the one to really help us out and really pick up any slack that's needed, which we know when you're managing just a whole program, staff, players, travel, everything that happens. And so it's a great balance. I think we've got great chemistry. Our players laugh at us because we're laughing most of the time. And I, I just feel so thankful that these are the people I get to work with every single day. So cool. And I need to remind everybody that like you, Molly is a 30 under 30 member as well. So that's a nice tie in too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. As you know, I've been with the Big Ten Network for 16 years and I won't have to wait long for you to come into the Big Ten. How cool is that as you look to the future? Like I said earlier, when I was talking to Jerry, I couldn't have written this. I could have never also written a chapter about coaching in the Big Ten, but here we go. I'm super excited. I think Big Ten soccer's just been gaining momentum over the last probably five or six years. And you look at some of the great teams, it's going to be a challenge every single year. I'm really excited. I, I see real no or no real negative side to this. Well, let's now flip the switch to tonight because here you are. You got already got a win against a really good Iowa team. I see them a lot on the Big Ten Network, as you know. That's a good win against the fighting Dave Diani's, as I as I call them, knocking off the Hawkeyes, and then beating your alma mater, Santa Clara, 
And oh my goodness, tonight you've got Duke, and I just called Duke on Sunday. I've called him twice now. Michelle Cooper, I think, is one of the best players in the country. And then a couple of days later, you got the Tar Heels. So hey, welcome to the big time, right? What do you think of this Duke tonight in North Carolina on Sunday? Yeah, I'll give a special shout out to our previous staff because this weekend was on the schedule when I took the job. So <laughs> we kind of knew what we were getting into, but I'm excited. I think in order to really see where you are, you got to play against the best teams in the country. Um, and we tell our team all the time, like, it's not about what we're doing in August, September. It's what we're doing in November. And I really think this weekend's going to be great for us um, in terms of a real test. And that's what we live for. I think our team, as soon as I took the job, they asked me, are we still playing UNC and Duke next year? You know, so they've been thinking about this for months. I know they're excited and we're a team that, you know, lives for these moments. So I'm really excited. I want I want them both to be good games, but yeah, I'm, I'm also very curious to see how we come out. Well, I am too. I, mean, I can't wait for tonight as Duke and UCLA, just saying those names gets me excited. And then knowing you are the new head coach gets me even more excited because you are a delight and you have earned this job and you're off to a rock and start. So as we say goodbye, I think one of the things that we all need to know based on your story here is where did you go on your honeymoon? Oh my gosh. We went to Hawaii. It was beautiful. It was awesome. We loved it. It was made even better when they offered me the job. So really can't complain. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see you tonight over at Koskinen Stadium. Congratulations, Marguerite, on being the head coach of UCLA and off to a rock and start 3-0. Good luck against Duke. And more importantly, thanks for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dean. Duke UCLA women is not the only game I have tonight. Right before that game, I have John Kerr Jr.'s Duke men taking on Shaka Daly and the University of Michigan men's soccer team. That's right, the Wolverines are in the triangle. They kick off at 5 o'clock, also on ACC Network Extra. When we return, I have the 11-year head coach of the Wolverines, Shaka Daly, right here on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. As I mentioned earlier, a doubleheader tonight in Durham, North Carolina. The game that is up first is the Michigan Wolverines are in town to take on the Duke Blue Devils, of course, having spent 16 years now at the Big Ten Network. I love when Michigan is in North Carolina. Big fan of their 11-year coach, Shaka Daly, and he joins me now on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Shaka, welcome back to North Carolina for tonight's game, and welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me on, and looking forward to a great game versus Duke tonight. One of the things I like about this game is John Kerr Jr. to start the season said he's bringing in his friends and you're one of his friends. So talk about that connection. You've known him a very long time, the head coach at Duke. Yeah, I've known John Kerr since I was 23 years old. So we've, we've known each other 
now I've dated myself, but we've known each other for 25 years. So we're very good friends, good family friends. John was one of my first professional coaches coming off of his playing career. He was kind of a player coach in the A-League then, which is considered the USL championship now. And I had John Kerr and Stevie Nichol as coaches. Stevie Nichol was the assistant and John Kerr was the head coach. And what an amazing experience to be with him and learn from him and and, and play under him. And then obviously uh, he went on to Harvard from there. And then from Harvard, he's he's moved on to Duke. But I worked at Providence for many years. Tracy Kerr, his wife, was the women's coach at Providence for many years. So our families are very intertwined and and we're very close, except for the 90 minutes that we play. Yeah, I want to focus on that because when you play against a coach that you have respect for one, but then also consider a friend, how difficult is that when the game starts to put that aside and just focus on what matters? And that is trying to get a W in Durham tonight. Yeah. And in the end, you know, you're, you're a servant to your university and the student athletes that you coach. So that's the priority in the moment. And then before the game and after the game, there'll, there'll still be a lot of love. The amount of respect I have for, for John Kerr and his staff, associate coach Mike Brady as well, who's a very good friend of mine as well. But the, the amount of respect I have for, for those guys and the friendships we've built over the years won't go away because of a, a heated 90 minutes or a great refereeing performance or poor refereeing performance, you know, <laughs> from that standpoint. Everything will be, everything will be uh, great before and great after. Shaka, you have really analyzed over the years the RPI. I felt like there was a couple years where you guys got robbed. You should have got in. And obviously playing Duke, win or lose, is a major RPI game. Was that also part of the decision to make this trip? Well, I think we, we've we talked about it for many years since he's been at Duke. And I came to Michigan just trying to line it up because, you know, we're peer institutions in, in many ways, academically, athletically. Uh, a lot of other sports do that with the ACC. And the Big Ten and Michigan have been doing that, certainly with field hockey, basketball, you know, so I think for us, uh, it was a great opportunity uh, to do uh, a home and home. They came to us last year, and then we're returning uh, the game to them this year, and I'm sure it won't be the end of of the relationship because I think it's it bodes well for, yeah, it bodes well for RPI. Certainly, we have a great relationship, so it's it's great to to play against your friends in the short careers that we have as, as college coaches in the big picture. But I think it's also just a really, really good measuring stick for both teams on where you are, because we're in two of the top leagues in the country. And, you know, from that standpoint, it, it really gets our mindset ready on, on what's, what needs to happen. I'm sure we'll do the same for them, hopefully. 11th year now at Michigan after coaching at your alma mater for quite some time. It was a big jump for you to leave Providence where you were right at home doing great things. And that's where you went to college. Can you sum up how great it's been in your 11 years in Ann Arbor? And can we call you now a Michigan man full stop? Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. You know, uh, obviously, I'm a, a, a friar by trade. You know, but but certainly, um, you know, I've become a Michigan man. I was at, at Providence, I think, 11 seasons now, starting my 11th season here at Michigan. So it's been an honor to, again, like I said, be a servant to the university and be a leader of uh, one of the programs at the University of Michigan. Uh, it's an amazing academic uh, institution, uh, a great environment to grow and learn, a uh, tremendous research institution. And certainly we're, you know, with only 23 years of having a men's soccer program versus you know all the other competitors, we're we're trying to grow in leaps and bounds and and compete with all those others that have been around for many many years and and be as highly competitive nationally 
uh, as we are regionally. Remind everybody, and uh, I can't remember if it was last year or this year, but you lost a couple members of your coaching staff, which means people were paying attention to you doing good things and your assistant coaches doing good things. Update us on who's on your coaching staff now, Shaka. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've been, I've been very fortunate to work with some tremendous gentlemen. Uh, obviously, I was at Providence and I worked with Craig Stewart, John Mark Andre, and Dave DeMello. Those guys are still there firing away at Providence. Very fortunate to have worked with Tommy McMenemy, uh, Justin Makars, our director of operations, who's now the assistant with Tommy McMenemy at the University of Delaware. And I know they're going to do tremendous things there uh, at the University of Delaware, uh, knowing what they're all about as people and as coaches. And then now I, I continue to have Johan Obando, who's been with me since I arrived at Michigan and then was with me at Providence as uh, my goalkeeper. So uh, Johan has stuck with me, which is tremendous, and he has grown in responsibility and is and doing a tremendous job uh, in in the infancy here. And then we brought back Marcos Ugarte, uh, who played for me too at Providence for two years and at Michigan for two years. You know, so uh, the loyalty tree runs runs really deep, and and certainly that's one thing I learned. I I would say I learned from you know John Kerr and you know guys like Brian Ainsgoff, who's actually going to be at the game. You know, because John Kerr, myself, and Brian all worked for the Boston Bolts in that club up in Boston when when I was there. So, and and uh, Brian's the president of the Bolts, so he's actually coming into town to uh, to to take on the fireworks. So, it should be should be fun to have all of us there together. Here with Shaka Daly, the head coach of Michigan, now in his eleventh season tonight at five o'clock on ACC Network Extra. It'll be Duke and Michigan. Then at seven thirty, it'll be the Duke women taking on UCLA. I'll have the call on that game as well. Shaka, talk to me about the kind of style that you're trying to play this year with this team. What kind of team will we see tonight? Obviously, we're you know we're trying to emulate uh, and be as as impactful as the best teams in the country. In order to do that. Certainly, you have to be athletically competitive. You have to be able to play. You have to be able to connect, connect the dots, and and you have to be able to compete. You know, uh, at the highest level. That's you know, we're fortunate. You know, we have uh, a great uh, measuring stick, if you want to call it, or the measuring stick with Indiana and Maryland, in in our league and our conference. Penn State had a tremendous season last year. You know, Rutgers is really really good. Uh, brand new coaches at. Uh, Ohio State for a couple of years, Northwestern, Wisconsin, you know, Michigan State, the local derby is always very, very difficult uh, for both teams. So, you know, the league is has been great uh, in order to in order to be competitive in our league. And we've been in, I think, the top three for the last five years in a row, uh, winning it in 2017. Uh, you have to try to play the right way. You got to you got to try to pass the ball. You got to try to play. You got to connect the dots. You got to you know, manage games the right way and you gotta you gotta know how to compete. So hopefully we're getting there with our our youthful group. It'll be a great it'll be a great barometer for us competing against Duke, a team that's certainly very hungry after uh, after a tremendous season last year. Uh, and I'm sure they're hungry for for more and more this year. I've known you a long time. We covered Providence several times. I remember some epic battles against Marlon LeBlanc at West Virginia, and then also, I believe, against Ray Reed at UConn, and then you slide into Michigan, and obviously, I've been covering you for now going on the 11th season. I'll have your game against Maryland, I think, the following week and a couple more games, as Michigan is always must-see TV. I've got the Michigan-Michigan State game as well, and I've just always known you as Shaka Daly, a coach, but I've had you on uh, before, particularly when we had 
had a lot of issues with Black Lives Matter uh, and that movement. You know, one of the things that uh, you stepped up and said, you know, hey, we got to do more. Can you update us on, on how you're feeling the progress is with uh, getting more Black coaches in the game? Ironically, last year was the first year, I think, that we had two Power Five coaches. We had Russell Payne and myself being head coaches or coaches of color uh, in the Power Five. So I think that was a tremendous uh, milestone in our league. Uh, since then, uh, Leonard Griffin at Cal uh, has jumped on board, and, and we actually have a thread of, you know, we call us kind of the the top ten percenters. We have a thread that we created, you know, because it's it's only ten percent, you know, of the two hundred and five schools in the country. I think we have eleven coaches, um, you know. So I think from that standpoint, we stay connected. Chris Cabandi got the job at UConn. You know what I mean? So you know, uh, little by little, I think we're we're you know trying to merit those opportunities, first and foremost, that's obviously very important um, by what you've done, you know, and, and all the things that everyone continues to try to do. And then certainly in order to sustain it and, and remain in those positions, you gotta continue to be competitive and, and do things the right way for your university and for the student athletes that you uh, are coaching and, and educating and mentoring. Thanks for that sentiment. Now I'll go to a sad note as in the offseason, one of your players, Carter Payne, died tragically. I know they'll have a CP on the uniform. You know, we just went through COVID, and now this happens. How are you doing, and how are the boys doing with the passing of Mr. Payne? Yeah, very, um, you know, very sad and, and difficult period for for our program and, and our student-athletes and, and university and those that knew Carter Payne. Uh, our prayers continue to... Um, you know, go towards his family, uh, his friends, and certainly um, his teammates and roommates here at the university. We're trying our best to continue to uh, honor Carter, uh, remember Carter, uh, never forget Carter Payne. Uh, he's a guy that, for me, uh, you know, like I told uh, his father, was a young man always in pursuit. You know, he was a, he was a young man when you first see him play, he played for Barca Academy. When you first see him play, he's a transitional beast. He's up and down and up and down, played as a right uh, right fullback. And you know, that's the first thing that stands out uh, to you about Carter. Uh, but little did you know that he was in pursuit of many, many other things, in pursuit of being uh, uh, you know, a great student athlete after being challenged. And he, and he was that, uh, in pursuit of um, you know, really being uh, an advocate for social justice you know, in Arizona, in his community and on the Michigan campus uh, in pursuit of, you know, being a great teammate and roommate, which he was uh, in pursuit of trying to play on the next level, you know, and trying to get to uh, the professional level and constantly looking to evolve and grow his game, regardless of playing time. He was, you know, a model of distinction in so many ways in doing that and constantly in pursuit of being, you know, a great friend, um, a great brother and a great son. To his family and you know carter's missed by us every day but never forgotten uh, and that uh, that pursuit that carter had and the character traits that he had is something that will stay with me and stay with my heart uh, as long as i'm coaching you know and it'll be a great great uh, you know we talk to our guys about it not being uh, any type of incentive or motivation but to give everyone perspective you know on, on what carter Payne meant uh, to the world and, and to our program. Great comments, great tribute to Carter Payne. May he rest in peace. Last question as we'll end 
on a brighter note indeed. And that is a little bit about, uh, I'm becoming a little bit more nostalgic. And I think that means I've been doing this a long time. But, you know, tonight, uh, John Kerr's got his two boys playing. The Yagleys have their two boys playing. The other day, I did a game with uh, Charlotte and Dwan Bader's daughter, who I watched grow up right in front of me 16 years at Wake Med Soccer Park. She would be the first little girl on the field when the game's over. She would be out there and she was in the game, starter. She was the player that we featured and I called the game. And it reminded me a well, as well about your daughter, Savannah, and your son, Donovan, who I've been able to spend time with. And Savannah, you know, several years ago, you know, wrote this story about uh, Dean Linky, the broadcaster in the big game. And that really touched my heart, you know, and as you think about it, Shaka, you know, we're getting at an age where it's kind of full circle. I'm now calling players of kids that I used to call, right? Do you, are you, do you experience that at all as you're growing old with, you know, even with your own kids, Donovan and Savannah? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a little bit, um, <laughs> surreal in that sense my son just entered the 11th grade my daughter just entered the sixth grade uh, I keep talking to Jen and you know my twilight you know when they kick me out of here hopefully she'll let me be a volunteer assistant and maybe Savannah will be good enough to be on her team and my my daughter keeps telling me you can be my coach dad I want you to coach me but you just can't tell anyone my your last name you know <laughs> so you know we have great we have great fun with it that I'd, I'd love to be connected with her and certainly my son has got a great eye for soccer you know, uh, besides being a supporter of Man United, which he is, you know, he's got a great eye, great eye for football. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's a he's a young man that, you know, is involved in uh, athletics in another way, being on the marching band for football, marching band for basketball. Um, you know, he's like he's like ESPN and Sports Center, and you know, he loves to be around the team. We brought him on road trips. He's been to some of the games you've called on the road, like Indiana and. He'll be at these games in the fall. I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll see him on the sideline. And and uh, if he's fortunate enough to come to Michigan, he'll he'll be by my side for sure, uh, as a guy who's going to be on staff uh, doing something as he goes through the process. So, I think uh, soccer is resonated well within the da daily household, and hopefully continues to grow, uh, you know, with their spirit and their love for for the sport, the game, and and for college soccer. Always a pleasure hanging out with Shaka Daly, and I'm actually telling the truth. No surprise, my wife said to tell you hello. Uh, actually, as I told her, I was getting ready for tonight's game and talking to you as well, Shaka. Shaka Daly, the Michigan Wolverines, 5 o'clock today on ACC Network Extra. We'll take on the Duke Blue Devils. I'll have the call. Looking forward to it. Shaka, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me. Go Blue. We are halfway through, but we have two more outstanding guests going on right now within the walls of the United Soccer Coaches staff office in Kansas City is the training ground, and it is an all-encompassing project that brings in coaches to write, to be featured on the podcast, to do educational courses, and so much more. Dave Simeon from United Soccer Coaches in conjunction with the marketing team, Brandon and Bailey, are in the middle of it, and throughout the podcast, throughout the next year, and maybe even beyond, we will be having guests that are featured in Soccer Journal or online, also on the podcast. We finally get it rolling on the podcast up next as we're joined by Dr. Rachel Linval, the co-founder of The Mindful Project, empowering students and athletes to reach their potential. All part of the training ground created by the great folks at United Soccer Coaches. Dr. Rachel Linval joins me when we return. 
This is Dean Linky, longtime college soccer play-by-play -play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for College Services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, where we have another exciting show. Of course, initially we were talking college soccer, but I'm so pleased as this show starts on September 1, and September is when United Soccer Coaches is starting a new learning platform that will be called The Training Ground. Great name, great concept, and they will be reaching out to impressive people, leaders in all kinds of fields, and one part of their content creation consortium which I love saying is on psychology and they've got a ton of superstars. One of those is Dr. Rachel Linval, the co-founder of the mindful project, empowering students and athletes to reach their potential. And Dr. Rachel Linval joins me now. Dr. Linval, thanks for being on the United soccer coaches podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. First off, let's just talk about this concept, the training ground as Dave Simeone, and Vince Gansberg in combination with the marketing team, Brandon and Bailey, and then of course with Jeff Van Dusen overseeing it and all the great people came up with this idea. And there's so many layers to it. And you know, you may not know everything about it. And I know I don't know everything about it, but what I do know is the concept is fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a, a learning platform for coaches and athletes to be able to access, you know, what what's the cutting edge you know, thing for, you know, the mental side of things for physical, for technical, tactical, because I think so often coaches are really limited in time and, and they want to, you know, be on the edge of what's coming. But, you know, a lot of times that ends up being once a year at the convention, which is outstanding and they get so much information, but this is an opportunity every month to be hearing from experts in the field. And another thing that I love is that they're putting together experts that come from, you know, a little different perspective. So it's not just the same voice, although the time. And I think that's, it's so great because we learn best when we're not just hearing one voice all the time, right? When we're getting these different perspectives. So I think it's an outstanding idea. I'm excited to be a part of it and just excited to see where it goes. One of the things I like about United Soccer Coaches, Dr. Linval, is they always share and they'll share coaching plans and that type of thing. As I look at this content creation consortium, I see big names on there and Dan and Donna and Paul. And I wonder if you feel the same way in your field where you've got these people that are in similar, for lack of a better word, fields sharing information as part of this content creation consortium. How do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's outstanding because, I mean, really education should be for everyone, right? Like it shouldn't be something that uh, is is just kept to, to one group. So I love the idea of everyone sharing their ideas. I mean, we'll be able to even learn from each other in this. Um, and I think that we're always better, you know, when we are coming together. And like you said, love saying the word consortium, right? Because I mean, that's that's what it is. It's really about great minds coming together, you know, and, and just trying to create the best tools to be able to help coaches be at their best, to be able to help athletes be at their best. 
And that's what I get excited about is giving people tools to be able to, you know, empowering coaches and empowering athletes to be at their best. Before we ask you when you are going to submit your first content for this content creation consortium, I want to take some time to remind everybody what the Mindful Project is. I definitely like your line there that says empowering students and athletes to reach their potential. It is simple and to the point and strong. Remind everybody what the Mindful Project is. So the Mindful Project is the brainchild of my doctoral work and uh, and Erin McLeod. And if you don't know Erin McLeod, she's uh, been a goalkeeper for Canada for, you know, 20 years. We joke, you know, how long she's been doing it, but she's currently uh, uh, played every minute for Orlando Pride this year in goal. And, you know, it's really about just giving people tools. It's giving people tools to uh, navigate stress and anxiety, you know, outside, you know, outside of soccer. Um but also inside of soccer or in the classroom. Um, how did they become more aware of their thoughts and emotions that might be negatively impacting their, their potential? And we wanna be able to help people be able to self-regulate. We want coaches to be able to help their athletes self-regulate um, to be able to realize what has been hindering them from you know, moving on, whether it's you know, physically, mentally, um, or like I said, in the classroom and help them be able to reach their potential with these tools um, that they can use for the rest of their life. You have the same spark and fire and passion that Erin has. I've covered her games for a long time. I find her to be brilliant. So I see the natural connection there, right? You guys feed off each other, don't you? Absolutely. And I think we, we love working with our teams and, and uh, when we get to, you know, um, work with them either in person or over, you know, over Zoom, um, it's, you know, she brings such passion for from her experience. And then um, I, I love getting to work with her. You know, she's an outstanding human. And, and I think another thing that I love that actually ties in well with this consortium is just her love for learning. She's always wanting to grow. She's always wanting to better herself and then use that to help share with others so that they also can can use what she's learned to, to grow in their area as well. Before we dive deeper into the Mindful Project, as people are listening right now and they're like, man, I like her energy. I want to learn more about the Mindful Project. Where can people go? So they can go to themindfulproject.us. Um, that's our website there. And you can actually try. We have uh, we have a youth, a youth sports program or a, a youth school program um, that is kind of for that 12 and under group. And then we have, you know, the more elite high school college, which is our uh, high performance program that we have professionals using a lot of division one programs. And people can actually try it for a day, you know, check it out on their own without having to pay anything. So there's a try, you know, a, a free trial there if they want to check it out. But it's really a, a curriculum that is user friendly. It's it's um, we're, we're both uh, Aaron and I are both kind of geeks about education. And, and so it's really developed saying, you know, what what actually changes the way our brain thinks it's all research based in terms of how it's delivered. Um, so yeah, if people are interested, they can check it out there. Well, explain the business model for me if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if, if uh, you know, just individuals are wanting to do this program, they can just buy it online. It's, uh, you know, there's uh, individual portals that they can, they can buy and, and uh, access that information. Um, and then we also have teams that we work with. So we, uh, we have, uh, like I said, we work with several division one teams and working with Penn state, you know, women's soccer, or we're working with Minnesota gymnastics. So we're not just soccer. We actually work with a, a lot of other programs as well. And, uh, so with that model, if, if, uh, coaches are interested in us working with their team, then we set up, they get a team portal, they get access 
we have uh, actually Cornell is one of our new clients uh, this year, and they're doing something called Mindful Mondays. So they're actually um, spending you know time on on Mondays specifically to do this as a team. And so you know we're uh, we call in with them. Uh, periodically, and uh, same thing with uh, Wyoming. Um, they're also a, one of our new clients this fall. So, if if coaches uh, are wanting to work with us, you know they can. Uh, there's a, a contact uh, info on our website there that we can talk about setting that up with them and and uh, and working with their teams. And we always say once we, you know with the teams that we work with, we're your number one fan. So Aaron and I love to get to interact and support coaches, but also athletes throughout the program. This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast, but I found it fascinating that you said you work with the Minnesota women's gymnastics team. You know, I call every sport and I call Big Ten women's gymnastics. And Jenny Hansen is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. So yes. tell me, tell me like what you're doing with them. Like, do you go in there or is it on via Zoom? Do you meet monthly with the athletes? Tell me how that works. Yeah. So it really depends on, on the coaches and kind of what model they're looking for. And that's something that we promote is we are there to support the coaches um, and, and their style and how they want to um, use the program. And so we have some that we're very hands-on with where we're going to be, you know, meeting with them monthly. We're going to be um, on call with athletes as they need things. We have some coaches that are a little more, you know, we launch it, we meet, you know, at the beginning of the program, but then they're a little more like we allowing their athletes athletes to use it as needed. Um, and so it really is something that we never want athletes or coaches to feel like they're stuck in, you have to do this, this, and this, right? We want to be there to support and come alongside them as a resource. So with Minnesota Gymnastics, we met with them initially, kind of say, walk them through, this is how this program works. And they're one that, especially, you know, with gymnastics, it's such an individualized sport. So their athletes have done it more on their own. Um, and that's kind of how Jenny has, has chose to do that. And again, I mean, man, they are, they are incredible. I know you said you've called, they, they never cease to amaze me. They are incredible. Um, but then you have teams like Cornell that are doing it more, you know, together, they're doing it weekly together. You have Penn state who has done, we've met with them several times and, you know, we'll connect with them as a unit. Then they'll kind of be on their own. Then they'll come back together as a unit. Um, beautiful thing regionally. I'm in Northern Indiana. So get to go, you know, whenever we can go see teams in person, we'll connect and, you know, do a, an off day, you know, seminar with them as well. So it's really just, like I said, we're here to support the, support the coaches. So whatever way we can do that, is what we do. A new platform, the training ground is being launched in September through United Soccer Coaches on so many layers. They have a content creation consortium in every field possible, including psychology. And they picked, of course, Dr. Rachel Linval and Aaron McLeod, the co-founders of the Mindful Project, where their slogan is empowering students and athletes to reach their potential. While you're here, you know, look, we know everything there is to know about Aaron McLeod because we've watched her forever, right? And she looks like she could do it 40 more years, but I want to hear your story, Dr. Rachel Linval. Where did you grow up? Where did you get your degrees from? Yeah. So I grew up in Oregon, um, small town in Eastern Oregon called La Grande, probably uh, a place most people have never heard of. Gorgeous, gorgeous place uh, in the mountains and uh, went to school in uh, Southern California, actually went to school for uh, for athletic training, sports medicine. And uh, so I was a college goalkeeper. Aaron and I have that in common. I didn't, you know, quite make, you know, as, as high as she did, but just a small school, uh, school there. And then also started a coaching career. And uh, my husband and actually started, we started coaching together 
um, and uh, in 2000. And so we coached collegiately at the school that I went to there. It was, uh, um, again, just a small NAIA. And then we went to coaching at uh, Northwest Nazarene University at Division II in Idaho. We were there for 10 years. Um, and I was in athletic training. And then it was during our time there that I uh, went with United Soccer Coaches. My husband and I both did to Portugal um, with uh, Dr. Colleen Hacker and with uh, April Heinrichs, right, on the, the United Soccer Coaches, what was NSCAA then, uh, their trip. And that that opened my mind to the whole sports psychology thing. And that, you know, is what took me in the direction that I've been with pursuing my master's and then my doctorate and, and uh, ended up going from athletic training to being a professor because I'm just such a geek about getting to teach about the, you know, the sports psych side of things and the exercise science and helping, you know, athletes in the classroom and outside, which then, you know, in turn led to the mindful project. So that's in a nutshell there, um, kind of yeah, where I, I came it. from. <laughs> I love it because it ties it to United Soccer Coaches, but fill in the blanks. You got your master's and your PhD from where? Oh, so I got both my master's and uh, my doctorate from uh, uh, California University of Pennsylvania, which just recently switched to Penn West. Okay. All right. So, Outstanding. Big time. Yes. All right. And is your husband still coaching or what's he doing? He actually uh, took over as uh, our, our um, project manager and kind of all things of the Mindful Project about a year and a half ago. So he does our customer support. He does a lot of our web-based uh, support. And uh, so... We kind of a year and a half ago said, hey, if we're going to really do this with the Mindful Project, you know, we need some extra help. So he stepped up and he's been incredible. So, well, that's great. And I love yep. how you told me that going on that trip with Dr. Colleen Hacker and April Heinrichs, quite frankly, going anywhere with those two right. must be fascinating, <laughs> let alone a trip. Open your eyes to United Soccer Coaches, thus opening your eyes to be a part of this content creation consortium. So you clearly know the value of United Soccer Coaches. Oh, absolutely. So um, I, in the early 2000s, I can't remember what year exactly, but got my national, uh, you know, coaching and also a goalkeeper coaching, got my advanced national then, um, and it went to con convention a couple of times there, which is where we found out about this, this uh, Algarve trip. And uh, so, you know, we thought this sounds great. You get to learn from all these coaches and we had no idea, you know, the, just the depth of how much it was going to open our world to, you know, learning from April, learning from Colleen. Um, and then at the time, you know, getting to hear from Pia, getting to hear from, you know, all these incredible coaches. And uh, yeah, that was a, a real eye opener for what I thought I was doing mental skills with my team. I thought I was doing team building with my team until I spent time with Colleen. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm writing mad notes, right? And I come back and we're doing all this stuff from my notes with the team and they love it and it's working. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So then, you know, I just, I just needed more. So master's degree, doctoral degree. And uh, so all, all thanks to, you know, Colleen. So, and I know that she has been a staple with United Soccer Coaches since day one. So yeah. Yeah, she's a Hall of Famer. Uh, yes. United Soccer Coaches, for sure. Just a couple more questions as we're so excited about kicking off the training ground with you, Dr. Rachel Linval. I appreciate you reaching out and connecting right away as it starts in September. We're in September. So here you are. So we learned on this podcast how you found United Soccer Coaches. How did you find Aaron McLeod? 
Um, so we actually, uh, after going to the Algarve, my husband and I just felt like we learned so much, even just from, you know, watching the different countries there. So that actually became a habit for us. The United Soccer Coaches wasn't doing that trip every year, but anytime we could get back to the Algarve, we would, because you could, it's such a, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's such a small venue that you actually can really kind of connect with coaches and, and get to even go to training sessions. And so we kind of started doing it on our own, actually, I'm not trying to be creepy, but, you know, anytime, hey, if a coach do you mind if we come watch your session? And usually they'd be great. We spent quite a bit of time with Australia a few years ago and they, you know, were really just, this is what we're doing and they were outstanding. Um, but, but in that we ended up uh, getting connected with Erin. Um, I think actually um, we had connected with her virtually before because I was asking her if she would, um, it was a project she was working on, I think for women's equality. One of my classes I was teaching, we were, um, I was doing a project on women's equality. So I had reached out to her to say, Hey, you know, could you give some insight on this? And so that's how we ended up connecting at the Algarve. And then from there, we were over in Germany watching, um, you know, uh, Wolfsburg and she was at Jena at the time. So we said, Hey, you know, could we get together, get dinner? And she tells the story that she was, you know, a starving athlete in Vienna and uh, making like 500 euros a month. It was so low. You know, she she rode up to to where we were meeting with like a flat tire on her bike. And I mean, and so we went to Thai food there. And uh, so we always say, you know, it started with Thai food in, in East Germany. So at that moment, you know, she was talking about, I was asking about her experience with mindfulness and, you know, in her career, because I knew that was something that, that uh, she used in her career. I was early in my doctoral research. So I was just picking her brain. It was like one of those conversations where there's no small talk. You're just like, hi, and you go <laughs> right into, you know, the meat. And then all of a sudden it's been two or three hours and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, this is incredible. And that's where the partnership just kind of started from there. And then we just kept going to where it was, you know, later that year where she's like, man, you know what? I wish I had known this stuff when I was younger. Let's do something with this, right? Like let's build, let's take your knowledge, take my experience and let's basically create it as something that we can give to people. Um, and that's the, the Mindful Project was born. Have you thought about when you're going to supply content? Have you thought about what some of the topics you plan to cover? Yeah, absolutely. So November will be the first uh, month that I'm uh, supplying content for, and I'm really going to introduce uh, what is mindfulness. It's something that is become a, a bigger topic, but a lot of people don't really know what it is. So what is it? How can it help? How can uh, coaches use it to help their athletes? How can they make it easy to understand? How can they help it improve performance, reduce stress and anxiety, help athletes really with their performance anxiety, with their confidence, uh, with their emotional regulation and so really kind of introducing that to coaches how can they use it why should they use it you know how can you seamlessly kind of put that into you know training sessions to help athletes with these areas all right i can't wait i look forward to that in november one Thanks. more question and i want to be very direct so you talk about the penn state team cornell minnesota you also talk about individuals can be a part of the mindful project and enroll in your own words, what do you call success? So Minnesota Women's Gymnastics signs up with you. At the end of the day, what is success for you and for Minnesota as, as part of the Mindful Project? So for me, I mean, obviously, we everyone loves to see, you know, that, that title, right? Everyone loves to see that national title. I mean, that's outstanding. But for me, it's success if somebody feels like they, they got something from us that they are applying and that they can take with them for the rest of their life. That's a great answer. All right. As we 
end this interview, which was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Remind everybody again where they can go to learn more about the Mindful Project since you are, in fact, part of the training ground and the Content Creation Consortium Psychology. People want to know how to find you. Absolutely. The Mindful Project.us. On social media, we're underscore Mindful Project. So you can find us there as well. Underscore Mindful Project for Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Yes. All right. Awesome. Okay. This is great. I, I was so pumped, as you know, when you emailed me. Great interview. Dr. Rachel Linval, co-founder of the Mindful Project, part of the Content Creation Consortium for the Training Ground, a new initiative created by the United Soccer Coaches. You are a great first guest. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Linval. It was an yes. honor. Yes. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And my hat's off to Dave Simeone and the leaders at United Soccer Coaches for creating this new concept, the Training Ground, and this content creation consortium it's going to be awesome and i think you will be impressed continue to follow it on soccer journal and online and right here on the podcast all right we're not done we're going to meet another member of the national staff office for united soccer coaches a new hire youth programs manager for united soccer coaches her name is cassidy weiss and we meet her after this message Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform. From robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations, League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced diplomas for more information. Welcome back to a jam-packed edition of this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast, another great show. And we take the time again to get to know a member of the National Staff Office in Kansas City. This is a new hire, really new. Cassidy Weiss is the Youth Programs Manager, new position and a new hire. And Cassidy is the person we're going to put the spotlight on. Cassidy Weiss, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you, Dean. Happy to be here. Yeah, let's dive right in, Cassidy Weiss. Let's start from the very beginning. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to college? How did you find soccer? And how did you find United Soccer Coaches? Definitely. So I was born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin. Grew up there my whole life until I went to college in Minnesota, St. Cloud State University. Played soccer there. It's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, most little, little kids Soccer is like the first sport they start out playing. That wasn't the case for me. I joined when I was, I want to say middle school, going into high school, because I just, it was what my friends were doing and I wanted to be with my friends. And then I fell in love with the game, obviously. Played four years there. And then after I graduated, um, an opportunity kind of fell in my lap to be the graduate assistant coach at Northern State University, a division two in Aberdeen, South Dakota which is the same conference I played in. And so I knew, you know, I wanted to keep the game in my life to some degree. I wasn't sure what that looked like yet, 
I was like, yeah, I mean, free education, free master's degree. I'm coaching. I can try it out. So I was there for two years and I was like, I really enjoy this. And then I got my first full-time position at University of Wisconsin, Green Bay. So I um, made the trek back to Wisconsin. I was there for two years. And then from there, I got another full-time position at Florida International University down in Miami. I was there for about 16 months. And then to be honest, I wasn't looking for another job or I had no intentions of leaving. It just kind of came down to someone here in the office, knew someone who knew someone who knew me type of thing. You know how it is. And then they reached out to me and they're like, would you be interested in this? And I was kind of like, you know, to be honest, I kind of brushed it off at first. Like, and then I thought about it and I was like, I mean, it doesn't hurt to talk to them. And so Trish, Patricia Hughes, she's my direct supervisor. And so anyway, she gave me, she gave me a call and we talked for two hours that like same day. And she completely sold me on the position, the association. I mean, I've been a member since I've been coaching and I have nothing but great things to say about the association. So she sold me on it. And then I think within five days, I had been offered the position and accepted. And then um, within a month's time, I packed up my apartment down in Miami, sold all my stuff and packed up my car with my dog and made the drive up to KC. And, and now I'm here. So. All right. Well, it's certainly exciting because one of the things about United Soccer Coaches, if you look at their membership, you know, a lot of times on this show, we're focused on the pro game and the national team and college soccer, but I'm pretty sure that the, the highest percentage of coaches within our membership are youth and high school coaches. So this job is really important. Are you feeling that? Yeah, it's crazy. Like I didn't realize the the scope of what this association does until I started working here. And to be honest, I don't think I fully wrapped my head around it yet. There's so much opportunity out there for youth. And I mean, there's so many youth coaches, like you said. And so just trying to reach out to as many as I can and try to educate them on, on what it is we do and how we can help them. Now, I want to go back to that phone call with Trish Hughes, who I have mad respect for. She does such a great job as the college services leader as well. And a two-hour conversation, what was it about that conversation that swung you? Because I really appreciate you being candid and saying, you know, you thought you were fine where you were, but clearly something in those two hours flipped the switch for you to say, no, I want to do this. Oh, that's a great question. And I think Trish and I connected right from the start. Clearly, we we talked for two hours and we probably could have kept talking. But I think the biggest attraction for me was the fact that Trish was in the college game and then she went on to be an athletic director. So we spoke a lot about the struggles of being in the college game and coaching at the college level. And And I mean, again, it was a it was an amazing opportunity and I don't regret it or, you know, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it any differently because I believe that it brought me here today. We were just able to really connect and relate to one another. And I have so much respect for her too. And she's an awesome person to work for. All right. So now you get settled in in Kansas City. Now, what about uh, your family? They watched you move, kind of bounce around different places, as you just talked about, including leaving Wisconsin to go to Minnesota, then South Dakota and Miami, and now Kansas City. What have they said about all these moves that seem to be progressive? They seem to be showing you spreading your wings a little bit, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I think my family's kind of used to it at this point. <laughs> I think at any given moment, they're 
you know, they're not surprised if they receive a call from me saying, hey, I got a new job, I'm relocating, because <laughs> it's happened so many times in such a short period of time. I mean, I graduated college in 2017, and since then, I've been a few places. They're very supportive. When I moved from Green Bay, Wisconsin to Miami, my dad and stepmom, they helped me pack up a U-Haul and they drove 25 hours down to Miami while I drove my car. That was 16 months ago. So then when my dad found out I was taking this position and relocating again, almost close enough back to where I came from, he was kind of like, you're on your own, kiddo. (laughs) So which... I mean, if if I really needed him, I, he I, he would have been there in a split second. But it's kind of exciting just to sell your stuff and pack up your car and then get all new stuff. So I was like, yeah, I don't I don't need to do the whole U-Haul thing again. So it worked out. They've been very supportive. They're all in Madison, Wisconsin, still. And you know, anytime I relocate, they always make a point to come visit and see where it is I'm I'm now living. So they'll be here at the end of September. So how have you enjoyed the staff? Because I love going to the national staff office because I love the variety of people. You've got your sage veterans like Steve Veal and Pat Madden. Then you've got the new leadership and Jeff Van Dusen, who is also kind of hip and cool and fun and likes to sort of make you laugh. And then you got some young up and coming superstars like Erica Dyer and Bailey Cockman and Brandon Milburn. And, you know, just a really interesting group of people that I think works really well together. How much have you enjoyed that? It's been amazing. Everyone has been super supportive and they've helped me along the way. Obviously, it was a big transition for me going from the college game to this. There's some similarities, but again, very different at the same time. So they've all been super supportive and very friendly and welcoming. We've we've gone to lunch together. Erica is, um, I'm lucky enough to, my desk is right next to her. So I bother her all the time. And (laughs) Jeff is, Jeff is amazing. Yeah. He's incredible. It's, it's interesting. I was, I was talking to Trish one day. It was, I think within my first week of being in the office and the first couple of days I was here, Jeff was in the office and then he, he had to go out of town for a couple of days. And those couple of days he was out of town, out of the office, it was a different vibe in the office. It wasn't as upbeat. It's interesting because, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you have a substitute teacher, right? Like everyone, like it's a good day. Everyone's super excited. So you think that your CEO isn't in the office, you know, like, but it was such a different vibe, different atmosphere. I mean, he brings so much energy to the table. And, you know, he makes a point every morning to go make his rounds and say good morning to everyone. How was your weekend or how was your night? Whatever the case. So for me, it's, it's something I've, I've never really been a part of. So it's, it's very exciting and different. <laughs> That's really cool. And, you know, you also, you mentioned Erica, you talked about Trish Hughes and you think about women in leadership positions, Angie Eliason is the real deal. I mean, she is focused and and ready to rock and roll. Have you already seen that as well as you can look up to a female who's got a big time job as the chief operating officer? Yeah, Angie has been wonderful. So she's actually the connection. She knows someone who I know, and that's how this whole thing kind of came to be. So she, since Trish isn't in the office, she's working remote. She's still my direct supervisor, but if, you know, there's something I need right away or whatever, Angie, she's like, come to me and 
So I've worked very closely with her in the short period of time that I've been here. And yeah, she, I mean, you talk about a female who's in charge and I mean, so much respect for her and what she's, what she's done and what she continues to do. So we're here with Cassidy Weiss, who's the youth programs manager for United Soccer Coaches, had a great career, including playing college soccer. So I want to ask you, what was your greatest memory as a player at any level, whether youth or in college? That's a good question. Wow. I can't pinpoint one specific moment off the top of my head, but I think what I appreciate most about being able to play in college was the relationships I built with my teammates. Some of them to this day are my my very best friends. And you don't realize how lucky you are until you don't have that anymore. I mean, to, to come into college and not knowing anybody, but having that sort of automatic family like built in when you get there day one of 20 plus young women, it's amazing. And again, you just don't really realize how awesome it is until you graduate college and you're in the real world and you, you get a job and, you know, and then you're like, wow, how do I make friends? <laughs> I don't have that like built in support system. Like I did for, like when I was playing on a team all those years. So that was probably the best part for me, the most memorable. Love that answer for sure. Just two more questions. And the first one, I need to make a comment because I know Wisconsin, they have their own kind of twang, but right off the bat, when you started talking, I heard a little Minnesota in there. So did people tell you, you picked up a little Minnesota in your accent from those four years of college? Yeah, <laughs> I, I laughed because when I was down in Miami, I, I can't even tell you how many times people told me I had an accent and I'm like, wait a second what? Like, no, I'm from Wisconsin. And I mean, as you can imagine, Miami is a giant like melting pot within our team alone. I think we had 12 to 14 different countries represented and they all spoke their respective language. And, and then they're like, you have an accent. And I was like, wait, what? But yeah, I've, so I've been told I've got the Wisconsin accent and then also the Minnesota accent. There's certain words that I say and then people like catch it and they kind of yeah. make fun of me and I'm I, I caught it, Cass. Obviously, I'm here at the Big Ten Network doing this interview, so uh, I spent a lot of time in Madison and, and Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I love both of those places for sure. My last question, I'm excited to ask it because you're relatively new. You did say you're a member, so that'll certainly help you answer this question. But if you listen to my interviews with some of the younger members of the 30 under 30 class and some of the younger members of the National Staff Office, I will simply ask them what these three words mean to them. And with you being relatively new, I want you to think about it and then give your response as we close out our time with Cassidy Weiss, the youth programs manager. And those three words are simply United Soccer Coaches. Like I said, I was a member. For me, I would say the biggest biggest piece I, I took away from it was a convention. I went to two conventions and I thought it was absolutely incredible. It was such an amazing experience. And it's just, you know, when you you're able to go and, and connect and network with all these other coaches and you walk away with so many ideas and new information, your head is just spinning, but in a good way. So now being on the other side of it and to see like, yes, we run one of the biggest conventions, but everything else that we do encompasses United Soccer Coaches. It's, it's pretty incredible. 
Cassidy, your title, Youth Programs Manager, amplifies the fact that United Soccer Coaches is there for everybody because they knew how important it was to have this role to make sure there's a connection to the youth game, which is massive. And I know that you're going to do a great job. I'm glad that you made that connection with Trish. I'm glad that you have Angie there. I'm glad that you sit right next to Erica. I love the vibe that uh, Jeff Van Dusen brings. Cassidy Weiss, the Youth Programs Manager for United Soccer Coaches. Congrats on this new, exciting job. And I look forward to seeing you at the convention, I'm sure, and at many other times when we get together with United Soccer Coaches. It's been a real pleasure, Cassidy. Thank you. And congrats on the new gig. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank Cassidy and all of our big-time guests today. also want to thank Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen, Steve Veal, Pat Madden, all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, as well as our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.